Hello, friends, and welcome back to Coaches Exploring the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People from a Principles Behind Clarity perspective. And today we're going to be doing Habit 2, Begin with the End in Mind. And uh, you know, it's quite an interesting one as a coach because, you know, when we start out with clients, often the first question we ask them is, you know, what, what would be a great outcome for this call or you know, what would your dream come true result be and, and questions of that flavor, which speak to me directly to the idea of beginning with the end in mind. So right out of the gates, I think there's a, a huge parallel between what this habit is pointing to and what we as coaches are trying to do. Yeah, or or even, you know, the, the sort of, let's say, straight out advice, begin with the end in the in mind is, is you know, automatically then that would be the other question we, we ask is, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And like, it's kind of like, oh my goodness, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Which it just points right there. Like, well, you know, what do you want? Mm-hmm. I think about that. And just how it started off was a little bit sort of deter of a deterrent for me because I'm. It's like, what do you mean I've gone to my own funeral? Is that the end? Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the end we're looking for? But I hope I remember to say this later on, because effectively, if some of this stuff isn't taken on board, more than anything, we'll be walking into an early grave, <laughs> which is also what struck me. And he says something later on, which I'll, I'll mention. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that exercise because it, to me, it's one of the most profound exercises I think I've ever done. If, if, if you if you do it the way he he yeah. prescribes to do it in the book, it's so powerful. It um, is. It, it yeah, go ahead, Lynn. Can I start with that little quote that, that yeah. opens the paragraphs? I love that, actually. Um, so the heading is Principles of Personal Leadership and the quote from Oliver Wendell Holmes is, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Mm. And to me, if we are looking at this from a principles behind clarity perspective, that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sums it up. Um, that everything has to has to come from there. So kind of yeah. like that. Yeah, me too. The uh, the funeral, imagining your own funeral thing. I, I went to a so before the pandemic, the last funeral I went to was my mom's. It was like February 29th, twenty twenty, and then I hadn't been to a funeral obviously all through the pandemic because they were not allowed. Um, and then my wife's colleague her his dad died suddenly of a heart attack and that so that was the first funeral i'd been to in two and a half years or something anyway his uh the gentleman's grown daughters gave the eulogy kind of combined and i was sitting there and it's also the first funeral i'd been to since discovering the principles so my the experience of it was completely different than anything i'd ever experienced before in all the funerals i've been to but I'm sitting there listening to these two ladies talk about um, how great their dad was and all the things he did for them as a family 
in the community and all this stuff. And, and I thought about this exercise <laughs> going like, you know, this guy clearly, like, I don't know if he consciously began with the end in mind, but like, this is exactly what Covey is pointing to in terms of this is the kind of stuff most of us would want people to be talking about at our own funeral about the life that we lived and things. And, and I had a huge insight that day too, with my own kids about um, my job as a dad is at least a bulk of it is done. Like a, I can put a big check mark beside um, having raised my kids to the point now where they're in their late teens and they know right from wrong. Um, they've got a good head on their shoulders, like all the stuff, like I prepared them, not just me, my, mostly my wife, <laughs> but we've prepared them for life and, and we can just, you know, kind of let go. And, and, uh, I, I just so clearly saw that that phase of my parenthood was done and complete. And, uh, um, anyway, it was, it was just kind of a cool insight to have in that, in that context and to bring it back to, to my experience with this exercise in this book, the first time I read it like 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, but yeah, again, I, I was, the, I loved that. And, and as I read through it, and I, I tried to do it like it suggests, you know, sort of make it my own sort of thing and really imagine, really get into it. And when I sort of got to, you know, basically not so much what people would be speaking about, you know, your eulogies or this kind of thing, but like what it brought me back to, were, you know, basically what I think in most most coaching or any books or anything else of what you would call the core values. Mm. And it kind of struck me that sort of, well, okay, core values, core values in a, let's say, in a, a non-clarity version are indeed already inside you, let's say, if we're talking inside out. But it kind of, so it sounded to me like if you can reach the core values, it's like, let, let's say there's a few doors to go through before you get to the end of, of your life. So, you know, you open the first door and you're born kind of thing. And then you go on opening a lot of doors and accumulating a lot of things from happiness to illness to anything else. And then you get to the end of your life and maybe perhaps you'll get to see. Sadly, I'm, I kind of think in, in many people's cases from a place of, let's say, the day before, so a place of regret you know, seeing something that they've already had inside them, which would be the things that the people are going to be saying at the eulogy because they've seen them. Mm -hmm. So I see those, like those, let's say, core values almost as the, it's the door before clarity. It's the one step before thought, mind and consciousness. And when you open from those values, to the one thing which Sid Banks would say it's, or two things, love and understanding. So like, this is like a fast forward to clarity, if you like, as long as you open the second door. Mm. And that's, that's how I, I read it. I like that. That's nice. Thank you. Hmm.
he makes a distinction between leadership and management on uh, page one fourteen. Kind of after he talks about there being mm. two creations, but you know, leadership uh, is not management. You know, leadership is the first creation, and management is the second creation. Um, and I think that's a uh, you know he says management is doing things right, leadership is doing the right things. And habit to begin with the end of mind is all about personal leadership, like figuring out what those right things are. Um, and, and there's a line I, I've been on the lookout for things that are very aligned with the principles. Mm. So I line this, it says, but an inner compass will always give us direction. And yeah. it, and it uh, reminded me of, yeah, like that, yeah. that inner guidance is always there pointing us in the, the right direction if we're willing to listen to it. <laughs> It also struck me at the um, just before the leadership and management piece around by design or default, those two um, that the, it's a principle that all things are created twice. And he goes on to say, in our personal lives, if we do not develop our own self awareness and do not become responsible for first creations, we empower other people and circumstances to shape much of our lives by default. Those those basically two paragraphs are, are really talking to. Um, they're talking to out. They're talking about outside and scripts from other people, not principles. Basically, the things from outside of us that can that can influence us mm. um, and create dependency and all those that kind of looked like outside into me. You know, another thing I highlighted. It says habit one says you are the creator, yeah. and it's funny because. I, up until we've been doing this program, the context for me of you are the creator is like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm I'm creating my own life. I'm creating my plan. I'm I'm le- I'm going through my personal leadership and figuring out what I want to do, what I want people to say at my funeral, so I'm going to live my life accordingly, et cetera, et cetera. And this time, when I read that and highlighted that, you are the creator. This time, I heard that is you're not just the creator mm-hmm. of um your daily plan or your schedule or whatever like no no you are the creator like i heard <laughs> i heard it at a much deeper level yeah. which it, you know in alignment with the principles is you are the the source of wisdom and intelligence of life you know you you are one with that source you are divine you are the creator and it was like holy crap <laughs> <laughs> Um, and just again, just, how, how aligned that is with the the principles behind clarity. From something you were saying just before that, Lynn, and just before the 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 a couple of paragraphs before uh, the what you were saying, Greg, when he says, you know, we re- we reactively live the scripts handed handed to us by family, associates, other people's agendas, the pressures of circumstance, scripts from my earlier from our earlier years, from our training our conditioning and he goes on to say these scripts come from people not principles yeah. and rise out of our deep vulnerabilities our deep dependency on others and our needs for acceptance and love for belonging and for a sense of importance and worth and for a feeling that we matter and how many times jamie 
speaks about from Sid Bank's words, you know, that basically that's all that we need to know. That our need, you know, that we are accepted, we are loved, we belong, we are important and worthy, and we matter. That's it. Mm. Some total. So, but as it's written here, and I mean, he, he, you know, I think Stephen Covey is totally aligned with, with, with the Jamie Smart thought, if you like, in that. But as it's written, it's like our needs for acceptance. Mm. Well, you see, we don't need them because we already have it within us. So it's mm. it's more seeing that we are that person, that that is the truth of who we really are, rather than needing it or going out to look for it. And that was the only... And he does indeed say it later on, and I, I, I made this observation sort of le- reading, you know, bit by bit as if I hadn't read beyond. So he, yeah. he doesn't comment well, on it. Well, it's interesting you, you mentioned that because it, it's, you know, the it's the classic in, outside-in misunderstanding that, you know, yeah. you need something That's from outside. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think, like, even though there's lots of alignments in this book with the principles, the book, this book is still a little bit downstream. Mm. <laughs> you know, yes. it, it's it, almost, it, it's almost there. It's like, it's right on the yeah. surface. Yeah. And it, it always sounds, it's like that door before. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's, yeah. And that's exactly my thoughts as well. It's just that, it's that one step away. Yeah. One step yeah. Yeah, one thought away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one thought away. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like he's he's pointing to it, but it hasn't it hasn't quite it hasn't quite got there yet. Yeah. What I what I highlighted next was on one seventeen under um, becoming your own first creator when he's talking about imagination and conscience, mm. and I I just for me I kind of struck a parallel there with mind and consciousness where he's saying you know we we can visualize the uncreated worlds of potential that lie within us and the universal laws or principles within our own singular talents and avenues of of contribution and there's something there about the true essence of us Mm. that what is that what is at the core I think that's kind of what it says to me yeah, it's funny because even this the heading on that section, becoming your own first creator, just going back to to the, the notion that you are the creator. I would almost want to rewrite that heading, saying like, uh, realizing you are the creator. Mm. <laughs> you know, and uh, but I, I'd highlighted that exact same section that you just read off. Yeah, I had that highlighted that as well, and and then. I don't know why, but I kind of, it, I sort of got curious about how he's used the word conscience. Mm. Um, I don't know why. So I looked up the word conscience. Isn't that funny? And mm. it, in the in the Oxford Language Dictionary, it says a person's moral sense of right and wrong, viewed as acting as a guide to one's behaviour. So. Again, it kind of implies to me that if we can reach somehow or just see 
the the truth of who we really are, then then that will be sufficient to guide all behaviour from there. And again, points back to what we were saying before, like there's just that kind of, it, it just Stephen Covey sounds like he's just like one step away. You know, just he's still slightly outside rather than, or he says the things that are, they are that way, but they're, they're, they're either inside out, back to front or upside down. Yeah. But indeed, true in the same way you know equally true i love this example he gives when he's talking about um past president um sadat of egypt mm. so that his experience and uh his his own script and beliefs and then how he came to see through that that it's i've read that before not I can't remember it from this book, but I certainly knew about him before. And when it says, um, he records that he almost loathed to leave his prison cell because it was there that he realized that real success is success with self. It's not in having things, but in having mastery and having victory over self. So again, it's touching on. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely touching on, but it's still a little bit like the having mastery, like there's something to master. As opposed to, you know, it just does. But yeah. it's it's certainly it's the essence of and, and it's there. It's yeah, it was good. And and a and a wonderful example of, of um how the, the turnaround came from his insight after his yeah. um prison yeah. sentence, prison. Um and and just how I again I, I would kind of shift the the, the wording that, that Covey used, like when he uses the word proactive, mm. it sounds more to me like the automatic instant motivation that is provided from the insight, though. It's not provided from the outside mm. thing. It's provided. But so, so, and as I, as I thought of that, then I continue to, read it again using everywhere he said proactive i just put motivated to or mm. because that's where it comes from because again it just sounds to me that i pro oh, i've still got to kind of do something but i don't even not really sure if i want to do it yet sort of thing <laughs> yeah. that's yeah but that was uh i, I love that you know the metaphor and, and the sadat um and what came out of that i mean you know sort of almost, I don't know whether the Camp David Accord was sort of meant absolute peace, I'm not sure because I don't know much about the history, but certainly, I mean, turnaround in in the terms of two huge nations, Mm -hmm. completely different religious and cultural outlooks on life, you know, to create such a huge change is is phenomenal. Mm. From what looked like an insight. An insight, yeah. 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 Well, there when it says that just when he's talk when it talks about Camp David and when I read um when able to use his self-awareness and his imagination and his conscience to exercise personal leadership. So it's like his insights and realizations took him to that place. That's that's what got him there.
The next thing I highlighted shortly after that on 119 is I can live out of my imagination instead of my memory. I can tie myself to my limitless potential instead of my limiting past. I can become my own first creator. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, that's, you know, my approach with coaching is to see people in terms of their limitless potential and, and, and working with them to overcome their limited ideas about themselves and so on. Um, yeah. So I thought that that's quite, yeah. quite aligned. Yeah. And and again, you think about it, you know, that's that, that relatively simple task of just visualizing, you know, what basically what you're doing, you're visualizing what you kind of think and hope and believe, but probably already know or your, you know, your best aspects, let's say. So those values of, you know, unconditional love that you would you would kind of have, all that stuff that can get you as a parent or, or, or relative, you know, into into huge difficulties with family members, like, you know, you do have an aspect of unconditional love. Mm. It, it, we know that it's in us. But the lack of understanding of that can can get people into some huge disagreements and all sorts of things because it's it's the bit that we don't understand. It's back to the rumble strip. You know, something's telling, I'm like really furious here, but something's telling me that it's not right. It's mm. not right. You know, it's not right. And and just that first exercise, going back to that, like all the way through he, all the examples that he gives in real life, are just pointing there, you know, just go back to that, go back to that. So if, if only coaching could be that simple, you know, take them in, do the exercise, like there's your answer, ring the bell. <laughs> out they go you know because it's that simple as i think was it mavis khan wrote the book you know it's that simple it's that simple yeah. Yeah. you know i mean it is that simple once you can see it mm. once you see it and it's always back to there mm. yeah okay and and again the sense you know at least i got throughout the whole of, of my my work studies readings with you know clarity uh, and such like, it's it's always back to that one thing every time. You know, I always come back there. The one thing, love. Can't get you know. You want to go to a shop and choose something. Well, what will love tell you to do? Well, love will ch- tell you to choose some fresh beds, veg, and fruit. You know, that's what it'll tell you to do. It's so simple. Well, you've got you know, you're president of the United States. You're in you're in a bit of a tiz with with. Putin, well, what are you going to do? Well, love will tell you what to do. What's the problem? Just <laughs> I, sorry, guys. You know I can't help myself. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny because at the end of Sunday, I can't remember what question Jamie asked, but pick a word or a phrase or something to sum up your weekend, and that was the word that popped out for me. I didn't. We were in the threesome, and it just fell out of my mouth, and I was like, oh. That's a bit interesting at the end of this weekend, but that was the word that fell out. Yeah. We can take that bit out. Mm. I, I um on on page two two three two two one two two, even not two two three, because I'm not there yet. He says people can't live with change if there's not a changeless core inside them. The key to the ability to change is a changeless sense of who you are, what you're about, and what you value. And right there I went to 
page one, I don't have it, it's over there, page one of Clarity and his Jamie's description of Clarity, of course, which is our innate capacity for resilience, wisdom, well-being, love, whatever else. And that that just to me is that's the same thing. He's just using different language. Mm. Just the same thing. The next yeah. uh, 25 pages or so is all about writing your personal mission statement, mm. which, of course, I have done. Not recently. I'd done this 20 years ago when I first yeah. picked up the book. But I, so I, I have my I make myself a little day planner that I use to keep myself on track, which is uh, very reminiscent of what we'll talk about in habit three. <laughs> but at the very beginning of the day planner, I know you can't see that there is my personal mission statement. So I don't know if you're interested, but uh, I'm going to read it to you, whether you are. <laughs> Go ahead. If I can, it's such a small font. Uh, in my personal life, I will be a fit, caring and supportive husband and father. I will place my family above all else. I will bring joy and insight into my relationships and through support, I will earn trust and respect from those I love. I will ensure that my family is financially stable today and into the future so that my children uh, can benefit from those things which require financing. I will be remembered as unselfish, supportive, helpful, and reliable. I will, insp will inspire those around me to do the same. In my professional life, I will directly teach and inspire my staff and those around me to overachieve desired results through proactive, preventative means. I will create an atmosphere that aligns personal goals with company goals. I will help my staff grow and achieve more as a team than we could achieve individually. In doing so, others will be inspired to do the same. So I wrote that like 20 years yeah. ago. <laughs> and uh, it's funny when I read it, 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 it rings as true today as it did, as it did back then. Yeah. And, you know, of course, if I were to evaluate myself against that, I, I wouldn't exactly give myself a perfect score. But a lot of, you know, if you think about that funeral exercise, you know, the stuff that I'm touching on there is, you know, is the stuff that I would that. Uh, want to be known for or remembered for. So and I, and I think for the most part, I do attempt to live my my life day to day yeah. in line with the, with that mission. Yeah. And it's, I, I think, I'll speak for myself, sometimes I forget um, that first part, the exercise, mm -hmm. and, I, and I forget it in the sense that some, I'm realizing now that, you know, with clients, of course, they can't come up with a very good sort of what you really want in terms of a mission, let's say. Because at the end of the day, it's that that we're talking about. It's our own mission in life, mm. um, not just the. And it's it's obviously if if that's not clear, let's say to a client, then of course they're just going to say, "Well, I want a big house and a Ferrari, and you know, two point six kids," which apparently is the UK. <laughs> or, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I'm just thinking of that in terms of like Jamie's style coaching, which, you know, involves the education part that he puts in his in his work, mm. you know, connection, calibration, education. Because that in in and, and and also how Jamie doesn't he doesn't pretend or presume that there's actually any order to that. Yeah. And all and more moreover, it's going on all the time throughout the coaching session. Um, 
and how indeed, you know, I'm going to sort of make it my business in some way to, in the sense, you know, lead my clients on an understanding of, of what a personal mission actually really looks like before undergoing a, a, a coaching journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, when you put it that way, it's so valuable to know where you're going before you leave the house. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, you think you've just touched on something quite, well, if, you, if you'd listened to where Greg just came from and what you just touched on there, Elaine, when, when people um, come to us for coaching, they, they come because they, they can't see their direction or they've lost it. It's mm -hmm. as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, that's really, you know, they've lost sight of the direction they were going in or they, they thought they got there and they went, ooh, I didn't want to be at this shop. I needed to be, you know, somewhere else. Uh, and I think that's it's, it's just, you know, if we talk about the compass, it's just bringing them back, mm -hmm. bringing them back to their, to to the core and back to some the direction that they want to go in. Again, not not easy, but um, yeah, but simple. <laughs> well, I find that the answer to the "what do you want" question often is replied with all the th a list of things that the things they don't because yeah. I can't even see past. And and, and mm -hmm. what's occurring to me from reading this thing, like this, the contrast between living out of your imagination and living out of your memory. Like you know, your memory is all the you know all the stuff you don't want. But you mm -hmm. have to use your imagination to imagine the stuff that you you know you do want, and uh, and what would that be like? And I think that's that's a lot of the fun part of coaching is helping people tap into that imagination and uh, kind of guiding them along. Yeah. yeah. What just struck me there? I have no idea. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Go for it. You know when people ask you, "Oh, can you recommend a restaurant?" I always look at people like find that quite a strange question i'm like i have no idea what you like to eat mm. how can i do that you know i can't so I'm, I'm not, i always get a bit curious about well you know kind of what do you like what do you know and, and people often go to i don't want blah 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 i've just come here and i don't want blah 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 and i'm like okay well that doesn't really tell me either it's it's funny so just on that there yeah, we're so entrenched in all the all the knowing and the, the comfort in the knowing. Mm. There's so much comfort in the knowing, despite the fact that it's stuff we don't want. We're like, yeah, but we know that. So might tweak it a little bit and it'll work. We get, you know, you see a lot of that. So it's, yeah, that's fun. That's a fun part of it. And most of the contamination is in the not knowing, of course. And all it takes is an insight. Be sure, yeah. which again is... Enlightening, if you think about it, because that's all it takes. Yeah, I think that's a great way to wrap this up. Is the notion yeah. that, you know, the, the um, begin with the end in mind is all about having insight <laughs> into, into where you're going. Yeah, that's all for him. Well, thanks, guys. This has been fabulous. Next time we'll dive into habit three. Put first things first. Thank you. Thank you.